This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air. You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called A Political Perspective, and it's my pleasure as always to have on the phone Stuart Nash, the MP for Napier. How are you going, Stuart? I'm very well, thanks, Ken. How are you? Oh, all the better for talking with you. You know that. Now, still, we're still in COVID red. Um, hospitality in particular is very disappointed. Cases and uh, hospital um, cases are down. What sort of reluctance do you think to move down to at least orange? Yeah, it's still sweeping through our communities. Auckland, the cases are down. And, uh, uh, and, and actually, Wellington. Uh, Auckland and Wellington, we think that it's peaked and probably coming down the other side. There's uh, a few other regions where it's stabilised and a few other regions where it's still um, still going hell for leather. So it's really just giving ourselves um, you know, 10 days to two weeks just to see, just to better understand the stresses on the health system. The other thing that is happening, which is a little surprising, but, but you know, I suppose in hindsight not so, is that uh, a lot of people who put off going to hospital during COVID, uh, when they were actually ill, are now coming in hospital really? so our hospitals are actually really busy with covid patients and and others so it is a it is a busy time but it's really just it's, it's cautionary approach uh keeping in mind mate that you know you can still go to restaurants cafes you can still go down to the main street and buy stuff in retail stores in fact napier was relatively busy over the weekend you know i was down at the uh at the saturday market not as busy as it was in, you know, in the high summer pre-covid yep. but still a lot of people buying a lot of stuff um so you know, please, please do get out and about. The other thing we're seeing, and you will, and you know, a lot of your listeners will observe this, is I think now that we actually know what to do. Mm. You know, if people are sick, they're actually staying at home yes. and, they're, and they're testing themselves. They are wearing masks, and by and large, they're, I was going to say they're obeying the rules, but but I think it's transcended obeying the rules to just using common sense in, in terms of keeping themselves healthy in this environment. Yeah. Let's touch on the health system for a moment. Um, as you promised in the last election, you were going to spend a whole lot of money, and you did, on mental health, $1.9 billion. Uh, but I was reading an article uh, a week or so, and uh, that money has really changed nothing. And also, we currently have an acute shortage of nurses. I was listening to Andrew Little on telly last night saying that we're at least, at least 1,000 nurses in the red. What's happening, Stuart? Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a tricky one. I'm, you know, at, at some point we've got to stop blaming the last government. Yeah. Um, and and I, I do buy into that argument. But really what we are doing is catching up on a massive deficit. Uh, you know, we just didn't train enough. We didn't do anything on mental health. I remember when David Clark was a health minister, he commissioned a report on mental health and it came out. Oh, it would have been one of the first things he did. It would have come out in the first, it was pre-COVID, so... Um, I don't know, maybe the first year we'd been in, in Parliament, and it basically said that if you're at the really acute end, then there are services available for you. But that huge big rump in the middle, uh, there's just a dearth of services. And so uh, yeah, there, there has been significant in underinvestment in mental health for years, and we're only you know, beginning to deal with it now. It's one of those things where you know, uh, to, to be a, a, a trained psychologist, you, you actually need to have a doctorate, I understand, mm. or certainly a master's, but I think it's a doctorate. To be a psychiatrist, and that's a medical degree and then further specialist training. So, you know, you're talking to be a psychiatrist, I think it's seven to ten years, and I think to be a trained psychologist, 
think I'm right in saying this because I've got a good friend who did her doctorate through Massey. It's about seven years, so I don't think we're going to see um, those, those high-end professionals come through for a little while. No. But the mid-level ones, and I, don't, I don't mean to demean it, but you know, with, with degree-level qualifications, even that will take you know three years to begin to show through the system. So we are investing in this in a way that no government has. So what's happened, we to, what's happened to the $1.9 billion? And what, what's it been oh, spent it's, on? It's, it's, it's getting out and about. Yeah. Um, what I can do next week is I haven't got the list in front of me, but I'm, I'm happy next week to come along with a list of you know every, every, where every dollar has been spent in mental health. Yeah. The thing that concerns me slightly as well is that I'm going, to, I'm going to say something that sounds like my father, but, um, bless him. but I, I think we are, as a country, not as resilient as perhaps have been in past generations, but but I think COVID has exacerbated the mental health issues as well. Um, you know, there, there's plenty of work out there for people, there's no doubt about that, but you know, the lockdown and the uncertainty, certainly for a lot of business owners, has caused harm. That's why we've put mm. mental health system um, consultation in place, and certainly we did a big thing in Auckland with regard to mental health. Um, there's just just a lot of stresses in the world at the moment that perhaps didn't exist uh, a couple of generations yeah. ago. And I think you hit the nail on the head. We just haven't got the professionals, and you can't just say, here they are. You can't come to them out of fresh air. And, you know, and we'll, we'll get some of them through immigration. Um, but we've also got to start training Kiwis as well. So uh, it is a very rewarding profession, talking to those who work in it, it takes a while to a get your qualifications and then b get to a level of experience where um, you know you're adding significant value. But we will get there. It's a, it's a slow burn. Yeah. Um, and it, you know it isn't as good as it could be. Of that, there's no doubt. But we're actually making progress. Have we got a short-term plan for that shortage of nurses, though? Well, just it, you know, we're training as many as we possibly can. If anyone's listening and they want to be a nurse or their son or daughter wants to be a nurse. With me, you'll have a job until the day you decide not to. Yeah. So again, um, past we've actually relied quite a lot on immigration with regard to nurses, with the border being closed. There has been um, a special category for healthcare workers, but it just makes it that much more difficult. But again, it, it's a mixture of um, of training Kiwis and uh, and getting people in from overseas. Now, hundreds of Ukrainians uh, are applying to come to New Zealand. When will we start to fast-track their visas? How, and I think I'll read the figure, 600. Um, how many will we take? And, uh, and, of course, that is a humanitarian thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, well, we've actually... Um, cabinet, actually, it's a good question. Cabinet put in place measures to allow fast-tracking for Ukrainian refugees. So I'm assuming that they can apply now and you know their, their visas will be fast-tracked through. Uh, I don't know the figures on how many have applied, or um, but but you know, cabinet certainly made a decision. There will be a visa, um, a humanitarian visa for Ukrainians who want to come to New Zealand. Yeah. When do you think they'll start coming? Don't know. To be honest, it's a it is a good question. It, it's not my portfolio area, but I will uh, again next month next. Um, and next week I'll come with those figures and let you know. Good on you. What's the thought so for the I, week? I haven't got that information, but I do know that, that the government has made a conscious decision to allow Ukrainians into this country. I mean, it's, it's, what a mess over there, right? Oh, who'd want to live there? Have we said before that we live in a paradise and we don't know it? Ah, oh, it, it's hard to believe. I mean, you know, we're talking about Europe here. The, mm. This is happening in Europe, for goodness sake. I mean, we haven't seen wars in Europe since, what, the Second World War? Yeah. Hard to believe. You know, the... the um, 
you just don't see the sort of, sort of thing where you don't expect to. You know, one advanced nation, Russia, invading another one. We, we are used to reading about insurrections in, in third world countries, but this sort of stuff? Very scary. Very scary. Very scary. What's the thought for the week, Stuart? Thought for the week is there's a lot of changes that came through the April 1st that, um, that are going to you know, make Kiwis a lot better off, pensioners a lot better off, those on benefits a lot better off, and those um, seeking support from the government a lot better off. If you're unsure of what you're entitled to, then I would encourage you to take a look online. Winter energy payments obviously starting, not just yet, but that, that will come into play. Um, pensions, as mentioned, are increasing. Benefits are increasing. Cost of living, it is a big one. Everything I read, when we talk about inflation, everything I read says that um, you know, this is driven uh, by the price of oil out of you know, Ukraine because of the war yep. that's going on in Europe, as we mentioned. It's also driven by distressed supply chains. Um, you know, China's largest city and the world's busiest port has been closed down because of COVID. They're still taking the elimination approach and they're still closing down cities. Uh, there is a lot of stress in global supply chains at the moment. We're doing everything we can to mitigate the harm to Kiwis, but very, very little we can do in this country con- to control the price of oil out of, you know, out of Europe mm. and, and also um, mitigate the, the increase in charges that are being bought of these distressed global supply chains. It's, it's, I, I acknowledge it. It's difficult times for a lot of people. Um, you know, we're not over COVID yet, but there is a light at the end of that tunnel. Uh, the cost of living is increasing. Interest rates are increasing. It's difficult. So again, that, that message that you and I you know, have talked about for years, just you know, look after each other. Um, yes, and it's not like we're know, in that boat on our own. I mean, that's happening in every country in the world, isn't it? really is. I mean, inflation's the highest in Canada it's been for a generation. I mean, you know, this, this whole inflation bogey, we thought that we had got it well and truly sorted. And I remember two years ago reading about the possibility of deflation. Mm. You know, that's a bigger risk. And now, I mean, you know, one bank's put up its interest rate to 7%. And I'm like, 7%? I thought we'd seen the end of that. Mm, yes, exactly. All right, Stuart. My pleasure, as always. You look after yourself, and I'll talk to you same time, same place next week. Maybe you're sorry for that, rather depressing message but, but the government but, the, but just be aware the government is here doing a lot of work to make you know the lives of, of, of Kiwis better so you know watch the space there's always good news and I'll come back to you with regards to that mental health screen next week This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers Hawke's Bay's community access radio station Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air